1: Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. So it doesn't feel like it to you, but it does to us, right? I've been doing a bit of research, Shag's been away, Uh, we're now potentially back together, and what's interesting is that I've come across a couple of realizations, and one of them is a bit of a sharp one, Shag. And I just need your help not to jinx us because the realization I've come across, and I'm fucking sorry to all you other podcasts, is we're on a hot streak. And Shag, <laughs> and we've had about. <laughs> five or six episodes in a row that i'm like "Mm, this is this is a pretty hot streak not sure i'm familiar with many other podcasts that have really had a run like this and the sad thing is that it means every moment we're getting closer to the end of the hot streak but for so long as there's a hot streak on i say let's just keep going shag what do you reckon
0: peach i am with you i also love Mm -hmm. the more i get to know you and hopefully the more you listening gets to know peach as well and understands his background as a battle rapper What Peach learns from battle rapping is he just puts words in his speech as he's going because the whole point about rapping is you just have to get to the end of that next bar and then you need to get to the end of that next bar and you just need to get going. I love how at the start of this you said we're potentially back together. It's like, Peach, we're recording an episode together. Yes. What's going on?
1: (laughs) We're there. I just just got a bit flustered. I got a bit excited. I got a bit
0: flustered. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I will say we are on a hot streak and I think part (laughs) of that is... We've been covering a lot of really great and interesting films to talk about. Mm. And I've got to say, I was a little bit worried coming to the end of the year when films sort of stop getting released, my list starts to dry up, the sort of classics I always have at the top of my brain start becoming a bit fuzzy. And I was like, what am I going to cover? But luckily, as you probably know, I've been in Indonesia and I'm still in Jakarta. I've been in Indonesia for the past month. And it turns out, I had never realized this, Indonesia has this amazing horror film scene of incredibly unique and brutal horror films that I've only just discovered while being here. And I'm so excited to share a little bit of that with you today, Peach.
1: I can't wait, Uh, Shag. My only other update is that my self-care adventure continues. Today I went to Pilates for the first time ever and Paige. uh yeah like like i'm on it i'm doing the things i'm achieving the things and the instructor someone i know and she's like look i'm gonna make some comments i just don't want you to think i'm judging your body too much and i was like uh this is pretty intense to have someone be like mm, this is a bit tight this is a bit too loose this is a bit too this this is a bit too the other and i was like well i'm just here to learn i'm here to be open-minded so she's like uh if you ever want to throw some shade at my right hip and the right hand side of my lower back uh, consider that I'm available for open radical candor feedback. I'm there, I'm listening, I'm open. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> one other update. Fuck, there's so much to tell you. Okay, like, <laughs> this is my one of the. We actually
0: haven't spoken for a couple of weeks now. So this yeah, is like yeah. real-time, properly real-time sharing each other. It's weird that we haven't seen each other for so long.
1: Oh, that's exciting. So, Shag, I might have told you I'm coaching youngest golden child cricket team. I'm sort of assistant coaching slash so, coaching. So when the league coaches away, I'm doing it. And the degree to which management speak has like sunk into my life is, is really odd. They're all young children. Right. And cricket is quite a technical sport. And so everyone's shit at this age. Like if you're young, you suck at cricket and, it's, <laughs> and it sucks. And, um, <laughs> but everyone's trying their best and it's fine. And what I call myself yelling from the boundary the other day, when, when I'm sort of trying to coach just by yelling, was processes not outcomes i'm yelling like that's fine that's fine processes not outcomes and then the next thing was that it turns out someone who's um well someone who is my therapist has a child who goes to the same school bumped into her at the end she's like yeah I thought I recognized your voice hearing it from the other side of the oval when my child was playing in a different sports team <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> this person for whom you know we're having these conversations about the way I move through the world and the things I think about and the concerns I've got is hearing me yell processes not outcomes um, across to all these children and so look it, it was it's it was intriguing it stays intriguing and it's good fun, uh, Gooey. So my update is Pilates, cricket coaching. Haven't done any more Eden Lake scenarios. You'd be proud of me. <laughs> I'm, so and- <laughs> glad. I'm so fucking glad. <laughs> basically, things are good. Give us, give us 90 seconds on Jakarta food.
0: All right, okay. So food straight away. This is one of the best food cities I've ever been to in my life. Maybe the best. It's weird how. Everything's delicious here. Nice. Even a city like Sydney, where we're really proud of our food scene, our food scene sucks. Like, like <laughs> everything is delicious in Juk- Just it just is. But Jakarta is such mm. an interesting city. It is not a tourism city, which probably explains why it's very difficult to kind of crack. And it's taken us quite a few weeks. I'm here with Adele and Golden Child. And it's taken mm. us a few weeks to crack. It's at first, it feels like a hostile city and and here's why it's the second most populous city in the world just behind Tokyo, but it's a lot more wild than Tokyo whereas Tokyo is super ordered Jakarta's not quite like that Jakarta's slowly sinking you might have heard and oh, you God. can kind of tell it kind of feels a little and I don't mean this as in any disrespect it kind of feels a little bit like a crumbling metropolis because it kind of is it's oh, God. it It's the capital of an incredibly interesting country, Indonesia, which I I don't think was even called Indonesia until sort of like halfway through last century. It's a collection of thousands of islands. There's 1,300 local ethnic groups that make up this country. And with all of that combined, right, you have the ingredients for an amazing horror scene. And the thing that was explained to me and that got me interested in it and you'll see in today's film is... That because they have like it's so, so many disparate backgrounds that aren't just representative. You know, it's it's a Muslim majority country, and you know, obviously part of their like their belief system is they respect all religions. Although I think only six of the major religions are recognised, like Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, Islam, um, uh, Confucianism, a couple of others, uh, you know, are recognised. But there's all of these local legends and beliefs that they base their horror scene on. So they're horror films like you stories you kind of don't see. They're not just carbon copies of 80s films or the fears we have in the West. It's it's something completely new. So I was so excited to uh, to watch one of these films. And one of the things you do, right, when you travel and you go to a new country, you get out your Netflix account and you go, okay, what do they have on Netflix that we don't have in our country? And so they have all of the horror films. And so we ended up watching one. And today we're doing a 2019 Folk horror film directed by a guy called Joko Anwar, who, as far as I can tell, is like the guy when it comes to Indonesian horror. He's had a couple of hits and hopefully a couple more hits that we're going to cover in later episodes of Spooko. A 2019 folk horror film from Indonesia called Impetigo.
1: Well, I just guessed the spelling. <laughs> what am I, I so, guessing? So, so, <laughs>
0: so, so, so actually, you know, and here's a point. Before we go to the trailer, the Indonesian name for this film is actually Perempuan Tanar Jahanam, which means woman of the damned land. But the English title is Impetigo, which is based on the English spelling of a skin disease that kids get called Impetigo. So I-M-P-E-T-I-G-O, and then just add an R and E at the end for gore, because basically we're going skin disease plus gore, and that'll give you a little taste of what you're going to see in your mind in today's film, Impetigo.
1: You know, my other update is that our eldest golden child was hospitalised for, like, essentially... Oh, like
0: fast I'm so... Like, I really... Like this. We, <laughs> we really got to catch
1: up. <laughs> 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 Let's do it. So don't no, shut up, boo, Oh, like in Bataigo. Yes. Like Imbetai-go. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. Sorry, I'm an idiot. That took me a while. All right, I'm with you. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? <laughs> but, remember, yeah. but
0: remember, in Indonesian, Bahasa Indonesian, this is known mm. as woman of the damned land is what it's called. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Okay. So, That's a
1: better title. I blame Shutter for the Impetigor.
0: <laughs> it's also like, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Like, you need an assumed knowledge of diseases. And, like, the only reason I know about it is because Adele told me about it. She's like, oh, yeah, 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 we deal with that all the time. I was like, I had never, like, I stupidly, with my, like, white, dumb, foreigner brain, was like, oh, that must be an Indonesian word. That's like, of course it fucking isn't. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Impetigor 2019. Mm. Not a perfect film, as you'll see, but incredibly interesting mm. and has one of the most solid first halves of any films we've covered this year. All right, so it begins with best friends Maya and Dinny working as tollbooth collectors in Jakarta. Okay, this opening scene is so clever and so awesome. And to really set up why it is, let me go a little bit back into describing Jakarta for you. So I didn't know really anything about the city until we came here. Um, I said before, it's not really set up as a tourist city. And one of the main reasons I say that is there's lots of spaces that are not pedestrian-friendly at all. Like, at all. You know, you have to have a car or a motorbike or Grab, which is the Uber here, to get around a lot of places. You can't just, like... You can't just, you know how like when you travel to some places, you just pick a point in the map and you're like, I'm just going to walk there. It might take me two hours or whatever. You just can't do that in Jakarta. It doesn't work like that, right? So there are places where if you're not in a car or on a bike, you're going to feel very exposed and very, and you know, basically very trapped, right? So keep that in mind. If you're working in a, uh, like a, a toll booth on a busy road at night in jakarta now secondly at night is important because we talk about this being almost as populous a the city as tokyo in tokyo there are street lights absolutely everywhere in jakarta there are places where you kind of don't see street lights so at night like the city really does come alive but also if you're in a, like a strange street that you don't really know and there are no lights it can get Incredibly dark, especially because it's very built up. Like a lot of Jakarta is quite vertical, so and and like you know the streets are very narrow. So you can imagine these two women who are both working in toll booths in separate toll booths. So they're talking to each other via like mobile phone, but they're on separate yeah, okay. toll booths on separate roads. Basically, on these very dark streets with nobody around and no real way to escape. Oh God.
1: The dog just walked into the room, (laughs) Shag, and I nearly (laughs) fucking died. I just got the biggest jolt of adrenaline just then, that I'm ready to go eating like like anyone around here. Like, you have set the scene perfectly. Right, right.
0: And, And you know what's actually cool? They do a really good job, before making it scary, of doing the, like, sassy best friend trick. So, Maya is the main character, and she's kind of a blank. She's, you know probably the more attractive of the two she's she doesn't really say much she's 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 your sort of a you know prototypical main character Whereas Dinny is the sassy, funny best friend that in a romantic comedy would be annoying, but in a horror is exactly the sort of levity we need. And, you know, like okay. their conversation at the start, they're talking about how much they both need money. They set up from the beginning that they both need money. Again, remember, so Jakarta is a very busy, very popular city. It also has like a real disparity between people who have money and people who don't. And you can see that very evidently on the streets every day. And you can see that these women are very much in the underclass rather than, you know, the upper classes. Anyway, so mm. while that's happening, Maya talks about how there's this weird old car that keeps driving slowly through her gate. Ugh. And so and so on this night, the car drives slowly through the gate again, and she's like, "Oh my god, the the, the car's here again." And Denny's like, "Fuck, what, like you know, just like stay on the line, it's okay." He's probably just a weirdo. Eventually, a truck comes behind the guy in the car, so he has to drive through. And then she notices that the guy stops the car, right, and comes out of the car and walks up to the window, oh, and she god, like locks okay. the window. And she's basically like, I'm gonna fucking call the police, like, get away from me. I don't know who you are. He eventually leaves and goes back to the car. We see him open the boot of the car, no. and then we see him come back with a golok or a golok, I don't know how to pronounce it properly. I'm apologies if I get that wrong. Uh, which mm-hmm. is an Indonesian machete. Oh, god And walks back towards her isolated solo toll boot. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck to do. She calls the police. But he just keeps walking towards her. This is one of the most effective horror scenes I've seen in a long fucking time, right? So she eventually is like, I can't stay in here. So she gets out and she starts running down this busy highway. Obviously, no one's stopping for her because that's not, just not what you do. He's running mm. after her. He eventually gets her on the ground. He raises the golock, chops at her leg, in sees something in her leg, like clearly, and is trying to open it. She's like screaming, eventually raises it to to deliver the like final blow before he's shot by police. And that's the beginning of *Impetigo*. Oh.
1: I think I sort of need to sit down a little bit after that chat Right. That's intense.
0: Now what's what's well, the
1: not- I am sitting down. Sorry. That's a full disclosure. <laughs> just to just to take her from behind the curtain. <laughs> It's lucky that I am sitting there.
0: Now, what's not mentioned is that Mm. they do have, like, a brief exchange and he calls her a different name. He doesn't call her Maya. He calls her Rahayu and claims to be from a village called Hajasari. So afterwards, after this thing happens, Maya contacts her aunt who gives her an old photograph of a young Maya identified in the photograph as Rahayu with a couple who she thinks might be her parents. So like a few things get, get um, explained and not explained very well in this Wikipedia synopsis, but well in the, mm. in the film in which she doesn't live with her parents. In fact, she was raised by her aunt as Maya, but apparently mm. she used to be called Rahayu and all she has of her parents is this photo of her as a child with her parents in front of this large house. Mm. Now we we've established already that they were mm. they were you know they needed money. There's there's this early scene where Maya has convinced Dinny to open like like uh like a uh, what do you call it a what do you call it? like counterfeit clothes? What's the term for that? Like like uh, uh, knockoff. Yeah, knockoff. Like a knockoff stall at like a mm. local market.
1: It's a total. Oh, I'm fizzle. selling Louis Vuitton. Yeah, yeah I'm selling Balenciaga right? T-shirts
0: for twenty dollars. Total yeah. fizzle. Nobody comes by. Mm. They've wasted all their money and Maya's like well okay in this photo I'm clearly standing in front of like my parents house let's go to this village see if it's like my house let's go to this village where this man wanted to like attack me with a machete (laughs) it's not the best it's not the best plan but they're like look yeah it probably belongs to me maybe I can claim it and sell it and you know we can get our money back so Maya and Dinny travel to the remote Hajasari village to look for the house in the hope of it securing it and selling it as an inheritance. Now, they can't get to like, yeah, it's it's not a great plan. Yeah.
1: Well, I was gonna say just just the sort of like wills and estates law in different jurisdictions, I like I know it's different, <laughs> but I presume it's not that different. Of like <laughs> Because Maya's not aware whether her parents are alive or not, is she?
0: No, no, she's not. Yeah, okay.
1: Okay, so there's just lots of assumptions being packed upon her. So
0: so she can't just show up to a house and be like, this is the house in this photo, belongs to me now.
1: Yeah, like I don't even know how that works. It's like, (laughs) hey, this might be a house that my parents might have died and might have left to me. They could have left it to anyone. Presumably it's testamentary freedom in whatever jurisdiction we're in. And the laws of intestacy, if they haven't left... Well, anyway, yeah, okay. But wait, okay. Also,
0: also, now you are someone who has mm. just bought a, a family home that's in mm. the country. This is kind of a mm. similar thing, but let me explain why I'm worried about the resale value of this place. So <laughs> they have to travel to this village. They eventually get closer. They know the region the village is in. They get to mm. the region and it's not on any maps. They eventually find like a guy who travels by horse and cart who knows where it is he's like there are no roads into this village but i can take you there it'll take me a day i can take you there by horse and cart i i just think that house is going to be a hot sell
1: (laughs) oh you're sorry the reason they're going there is to be like let's sell this very valuable house and make a fortune right yeah, like how is the real estate agent even going to get get people to come through?
0: <laughs> There's not a lot of room on this guy's horse and cart. Like. <laughs> okay, all right, so, but, but, but they
1: go. Imagine if you were a tire kicker, like, uh, who, like showed up for like a day on horse and cart like, mm, yeah, pretty interesting, pretty interesting. So one previous owner, hey, yeah, uh, crazy stuff. <laughs>
0: So when they get to the village, the pair encounter cold, suspicious villagers. They
1: witness... You would be. It'd be like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) There are no... Like, you can't come here by accident. We were not expecting you. What are you doing here?
0: They witness funerals for children taking place daily and observe that many headstones in the cemetery belong to newborns. As in, like... And, like, often they don't even have a name. It's just, like... Born this day, died the same day. But good setup for a horror film, right? Yeah.
1: Well, apart from the weird uh, inheritance subplot, or you know, that like that still disorients me a bit. But 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 yes, I'm I'm spooked. I'm properly spooked.
0: So they get there. They want to speak to the village elder to, to be like, hey, I wanna know if this house does belong to me and, you know, whether we can buy it. They they find the house of the village elder and there's an old woman who's like, you can't speak to him, you'll have to speak What's
1: to him What's the tomorrow. village elder gonna say, Oh, sorry, it's <laughs> actually mine. <laughs> Your parents left it to left it to me not you. And I'm so sorry.
0: But but yeah, look, but and she's like, you can't speak to him. You can maybe speak to him tomorrow. He does these puppet shows. He's out, but he'll be back soon. Dinny, being the good friend, is like, come on, let's go back to the town we came from. And Maya's like, <laughs> classic horror movie logic. She's like, oh, there'll be so much effort to go back to the town. Why don't we just stay in the old house that we found because no one's living there?
1: Victim blaming, I think the reason it comes so naturally to us all is that it is a fairly natural thing to do because mitigation of risk, you know, trusting your gut instinct is as so many of us are advised to do, especially those of us who don't identify as male. um, It's good advice. And when people do not mitigate their own risk, I think there is a degree where we should be criticizing them. That's a dumb thing to do, Shaq. If the is around, you don't run back upstairs to get away from them.
0: Anyway, so Mm. they stay there overnight. The Mm. next morning, some villagers come to the house uh, and Dinny opens the door and the village is like, hey, this house like is abandoned for a reason... Like it, it doesn't belong to you. You you can't you're not allowed to stay here. It's like a cursed house, right? And there's there's this feeling that even that's me- a
1: jumble, right? If like so <laughs> it's abandoned. It's like get out of this abandoned house. It's like, well, well, it's abandoned. <laughs> so it doesn't belong to you. It's like, well, okay, well, who does it belong to? I'm claiming it now if it's been abandoned. Now it does belong to me.
0: But then Dinny is like pretending to be Maya, is like, oh, no, actually, I think this belonged to my parents. Um, my name is Rahayu. And the village is like, ah, oh, okay. So they're like, actually, okay, well, tell you what, we'll take you to see the village elder to find out more about this. And she's like, can I just wait for my friend? And they're like, don't worry about waiting for your friend. Village elder doesn't have heaps of time. Let's go okay. visiting. And so they take her away they they don't
1: have a copy of this photo that, that, like, (laughs) (laughs) my (laughs) hair So they
0: then take Dinny into the forest. Dinny is like, "Um, where are you taking me? Realizes something's up, but before she can flee, they bash her in the head with a rock and knock her out. She wakes up, hung upside down in this abandoned house in the forest, before the old woman comes up and she's like Is that a
1: different abandoned house? Like even This is a more different this is, Yeah, this is
0: one even more remote. This is this one doesn't have a roof. It's just sort of like the foundation to the house.
1: That's amazing. So we're in the most remote village <laughs> on earth. <laughs> and even more remote to that.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so she wakes up.
1: Who's bringing the building materials to build these various (laughs) villages and houses? (laughs) There are no roads.
0: Anyway. So she wakes up, hung upside down, pleading with these two men, these two villagers to help her. And the villagers are clearly waiting for someone. When the old woman arrives with a bucket and she's like, what the fuck are you guys waiting for? There's a birth happening tonight. Puts the bucket underneath Dinny and promptly just slits her throat from one side to the other. And we watch blood just slowly drain out of Dinny and the life drain from her eyes as she dies and we fade to black.
1: In fairness, uh, that's about the best cannibal-style death I've heard of in this podcast. That's about as close as we're going to get to, uh, I've forgotten the name of our film, Salumi, Charcuterie.
0: So, I want to talk about the the butchery in this film is excellent because... In the next scene, so the next scene is one of the most full-on creepy scenes I've seen in a horror film this year. I loved it. (laughs) When So we fade to black and then we cut to the old woman's house and she's hanging something up on the line. And when we go closer, we realise she's hanging up Dinny's flayed skin. Yes, Like yes. she's hanging it out to dry on her washing. It's like I've never seen that in a horror film before.
1: This is charcuterie. This is nose to tail cannibalism. This is awesome. This is good.
0: It's not cannibalism though. And this is where things get interesting, right? Ah, Okay. So while looking for Dinny in the evening, because, because Maya's like, where's Dinny? This is weird. Maya hmm. spies village chief and DeLung. Uh, hang on. So village chief is a... So, so when I said he's a puppet um, puppeteer, he's a Delong, which is the word for a puppeteer. And they, they do these very special shadow puppets. So she spies the village chief, um, who's also a Delong, sat tardy, drowning a newborn infant. Like she sees the infant get born and they're like, is it okay? And he basically shakes his head and then just immediately puts it into a bucket and drowns it. She finds out from sympathetic villager Reiti that 20 years ago Donna Wongso, a rich delung, was rumoured to have made a pact with the devil and murdered three girls to heal his daughter Rahayu, who was born without skin. Since then all babies in the village have been born skinless, so the moment they're born, they have to be drowned to put out of their misery. Uh that's really cool and gross (laughs) it's so weird it's so gross okay so this is where maybe the film goes off the rouse a little bit because Indonesia has a really cool horror film scene but Mm. I don't think it's as developed as say you know others in the region like it's not the same as like Korean scene the Korea scene or Japan scene Mm. so you can expect this not to be the most well developed film and for that reason, I think this film has maybe the longest flashback I've ever seen in my life. I think the, flash- <laughs> I think the flashback actually goes for about 20 minutes. Like, it just keeps going.
1: Isn't the Titanic entirely flashback?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah but, but, but this is actually like, Maya is like hiding from villages and then all of a sudden a ghost reveals to her what happened. So we see a flashback, but the flashback just like keeps going. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... So Maya sees this happened. The villagers know she's not the right one. They're out together. And like I can't remember what happens, but somehow they realize they got the wrong girl. Dinny wasn't Rahayu. Maya was mm. Rahayu. And they've skinned the wrong girl. So they, they need to
1: go skin Maya. They yeah. they
0: need to go skin Maya, right?
1: That flashback's so funny, Shag, just for another classic Spooko digression. Did you ever watch Sopranos?
0: No, I need to see it.
1: I'm not sure you do, but like at the start of season six, there's like a two or three episode. This is like 50 minute episodes, 55 minute golden era of TV episodes. That's like entirely for 50 minutes a fantasy world of Tony while he's in a coma. And he's, like, in the 30s, like, living, you know, married to his therapist or whatever, like, just living this insane fantasy world. It's like, oh, we're just watching a dream <laughs> for, like, two and a half hours. And and it reminds me, yeah, like, the longest flashback ever. I still remember watching that and being like, what the fuck am I watching
0: and why on earth am I watching it? All right. So here's what's going on in this village, right? Mm. So the ghost of one of the murdered little girls reveals to Maya that the true way to end the curse is to bury the slain girl's skin. Now, the skin is important because you remember the Donna Wongzo, the rich DeLong, who is actually Maya's dad, he had murdered these girls and turned their skin into puppets, like, like shadow puppets.
1: Oh, sick.
0: And then buried the rest of their bones. And so the girls are like, "You have to bury our skin with our bones, and then the curse will be lifted." The ghost also reveals that Rahia was born skinless. Now this is where it gets really confusing, right? The reason why Rahia was born skinless, not because mm. of this skinning, but because Saptadi's dukan. Uh, okay, so dukan is. Let me just double check this. Mm. Is a shaman. So so Saptadi. So remember the village elders, shaman. Mm. Mother Mizni had cursed her for having been conceived from an adulterous affair between Saptadi and Shinta, who was desperate after her efforts to conceive with Donna Wongso had been unsuccessful. So, in fact, she was like essentially an illegitimate daughter. So, they put a curse on her to be born without skin so she'd die. But Donna Wongso, who himself was a Dukan, sacrificed three girls to cure Rahayo's skin. And in doing so, curse the entire village. Does that make sense?
1: It actually does. I was ready to be pretty critical and fall off the planet, face of the planet with that. But but I think it does make sense. And I think it points to a nice way to use your sort of traditional, use your golems or use your bo- boogeymen or use your witches or use your folktales of, of whatever kind to be like, great, we've got the bones. We understand how curses work. We understand how shamans work. We understand how dugans work. Um, How are we going to force a story in a contemporary uh, toll booth in Jakarta landscape into it? I I actually feel like this is something of an achievement. I I can understand it feeling like Mulholland Drive in the last quarter, but... I don't know. I'm having fun,
0: Gilly. I think it's I, pretty neatly done. Okay, so so this is the bit where it starts to become more confusing. Oh shit! Okay, so <laughs> yeah, we're halfway yeah. through the flashback now. Okay, shit. So Septadi so the village elder who had been jinked by Mizni to forget about his affair, posed as mm. Donna Wongso, killed Shinta and entire and an entire group of Young musicians during a performance then killed Donna Wongso after framing him for the massacre. Misni convinced Saptadi and the villagers that the curse can only be undone by flaying Rahayu and making puppets out of her skin. Rahayu was then evacuated by her aunt, who in fact was one of Donna Wongso's servants and renamed okay. to conceal her identity. So that's the whole flashback.
1: Okay. I'm 75% there. <laughs> 80% there.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So... So Maya and the sympathetic villager Reti bury the puppets made from the three-girls' skin in their grave and their spirits are pacified. Misni arrives with the villagers and reveals that Subtati and Donna Wongso are actually half-brothers as Donna Wongso's father had an affair with her. Maya is tied up. Misni's sacrifice and begs for her life because the duken is like, no, she still needs to be flayed, but Subtadi realizes what's going on. And so... Uh, The distraught and ashamed, Mizni grabs her hand and... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. No, no, no. This is really confusing, but let me get this. So, Myra is tied up for sacrifice Mm. and...
1: Despite the curse having been
0: lifted, so... The duken is like, tell you what, it's either it's me or her. I'll kill myself or you kill her. It's one or the other. And so, then Subtati grabs her hand from her throat and slits his throat instead and there's some there's some line somewhere in the film where it's like if i die in bad circumstances i'm going to haunt you for the rest of your life like so it's like by killing himself in front of her he's now cursed her to be cursed by him for the rest of her life horrified oh misni slits her own throat to join her son as a healthy baby is finally born in the village after 20 years maya escapes
1: how how many pregnancies were there going on in a small town with no road access in that very short...
0: That's the other thing. It's weird. It's weird how many pregnancies that were happening on this exact night.
1: And there's another one. There's one yesterday, there's one today, there's one tomorrow, it feels like.
0: But also, one year later, a villager suffers a violent miscarriage as it is shown that Misny's ghost has extracted the fetus and devoured it. And that's the end of Impetigor.
1: This is a ghost who can eat. <laughs> yeah.
0: Look, it's it it look it absolutely goes off the rails towards the end. But in the first half, I was like, I am so psyched to see the rest of Joko Anwar and the rest of, you know, the 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 current oeuvre of Indonesian horror cinema. What
1: was our first scary person looking for in her leg? Hacking away at
0: Oh yeah, so that was a cool bit. So that was a cool bit. I'm I'm so glad because this wasn't in this, mm. but before she goes to the village. She's looking in this, like she notices there's something in the scar that hasn't healed properly and she pulls out a little scroll and it's in Javanese. And so uh, Javanese is a language they speak in Java that's not the national language of Bahasa Indonesia. Not everyone knows it, right? So she doesn't speak it, but she hands it to someone who understands it and the person's like, oh, this is a protection from curses. So... At some point in the line, when she'd been taken from the village and hidden away in Jakarta, they had buried a protection of curse in, like, a wound inside her so she'd be warded off from the curses of the village.
1: And so this this attacker is trying to remove that protection?
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: wow. Shaggy, like, I, I feel like this this might be quite good and fucking the spooker, hot streak, just, we just keep rolling on. We just keep pumping out the hits. Uh, I don't really know who to compare us to because the artist who I would have raised previously uh, is not an artist I really want to talk about anymore. But look, if it was a cricket in comparison, I guess 2015 era Steve Smith, something like that. Shag, if you're happy with that.
0: I'll take that. Also, Paige, next yes. week is uh, our Christmas episode and I've got a super cool present for you.
1: Go oh, away. Is
0: it um, the Bugsy Malone. That's <laughs> not a my shoes. <laughs> <much. laughs> Although they're all still available. Oh, no, of
1: course they are. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much
0: as you can. And Resh What's up?